Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. It is a spooky time of the year with Halloween sitting right around the corner. Boy, it's a... that brought up a question. I live in a home and it has a street and there's a lot of traffic on the street, but it still does well around Halloween time. Do you buy candy or not this year? So I guess I've decided to sit outside my home and so they don't have to come to the door kind of thing and throw candy at people or something like that. I don't know. Mongo. So good day, everyone. Yesterday was a good day as well on Wall Street. The Nasdaq was a big winner, up 1.6%. The Dow up one half of 1%. You saw the best sector being the communication services. Healthcare and consumer staples were negative. Things that we have to have were negative. Things that make our life fancier and more productive, communications were the best. Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Google, and Twitter all reported numbers after the close. We'll talk about that. Uh, one interesting stock of the day that I pulled out yesterday was Neo. They are the Chinese Tesla. They were up 16%. Pinterest was up 27%. First solar down 6.3%. It's a stock picker's market right now. Not everything's going up. Not everything's going down. Netflix increased their prices yesterday. Stock popped higher. S&P 500 up 1.1% yesterday. The NASDAQ up 1.6%. Again, a good day. But that doesn't mean it's going to be a good day today. We'll get to that in just a second. Google beat across the board last night. Out of the big tech companies, they seem to be the one that had the most impressive blowout. Baby diaper. You ignore it. You ignore it. You ignore it. You ignore it. You give it one more hour. You're like, I'm sure it's just something in there real small. It'll be okay. And then boom, it's a blowout. Google had a blowout yesterday. Um, YouTube growth was up 32% year over year. Advertising revenue was strong across the board. Stock was up 8%. They were supposed to earn $11.29 a share. They earned $16.40. The synopsis of the quarter, CEO said, we had a strong quarter consistent with a broader online environment. It's also a testament to the deep investments we've made in artificial intelligence and other technologies to deliver services that people turn to for help. Okay. I mostly agree. Facebook's results came in better than expected with decent revenue growth. It did see a decrease in users in the United States and in Canada. That's pretty interesting, right? So Facebook is kind of maybe that's telling us they've finally hit bloat. They finally hit as big as they're going to get. Although there was a campaign last quarter to uh, cut the cord with Facebook due to 
Democrats being upset with how Trump was posting on Facebook. So I don't think Facebook's, I, I don't want to say this statement because I don't think it's fleshed out in my head yet, but I think last quarter and the quarter before people started quitting Facebook because of its credibility issue. Apple barely beat expectations, but it didn't offer any guidance. So Apple's getting hit hard today. iPhone sales fell 20% year over year, but we knew it's a 5G play. In a classic, let's study this briefly. Apple has become a situation where what's next for them? Yeah, we get the new AirPods next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get some over-the-ear headphones. Uh, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch, got it, check. Ooh, this one does a, a sleep thing. Ooh, this one does a heart one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blood oxygen levels, you get the idea. What's next for Apple? Augmented reality, are we ready for that? That's a good question. Um, so I like Apple. I own shares of Apple. It was a disappointing quarter in China in particular. And due to COVID, I suppose they didn't get their phones out two or three weeks earlier. It might've been a different quarter. Amazon earnings, um, were impressive. They reported last night. Earnings per share of $12 and 37 cents a share. Expectations were 7.4. So that seven dollars and forty cents versus twelve thirty-seven. You do the math; they blew them out. Revenue was ninety-six point one billion. Expectations were for ninety-two point seven billion. That's managed incredibly aggressively to sort of underpromise and overdeliver. But that's still a three billion, three and a half billion dollar beat on revenue. Again, on occasion, go right down the numbers that I'm throwing out, and you'll go, "That's a lot of money. <laughs> that, that that is a blowout, Rob." Twitter topped on expectations, but the stock tumbled. Uh, monetizable user growth under-delivered. They had earnings per share of 19 cents versus 6 cents expectations. Um, revenue up 13.6% year over year. Twitter down 15% after hours. I had a funny thought in my head. Um, ExxonMobil announced job cuts last night. They plan to cut 15% of the global workforce. That's 14,000 jobs across the world. Um, that will keep shareholders happy because shareholders are really only owning those shares, it feels like, for income, right? But the coronavirus pandemic, Europe's new lockdowns, the rise of renewable energy have all hit oil and gas industries. Um, do you remember this year, oil actually went negative? If you had storage space, they would have given it to you. Now, I'm probably talking about sizable storage space, space but you get the idea. Um, what a crazy year. Had you said at the beginning of the year, there's a chance that oil goes below $0 a barrel. That's wackadoodle, my friends. What else do I need to throw out there for you? Um, I think we'll look at yesterday as a question of was that a dead cap bounce? There's still some earnings companies, uh, Exxon Today, Chevron Today, Under Armour, Altria, and AbbVie. Um, but we're going to look at, was yesterday a dead cap bounce? Because we had a pretty big sell-off this week. Um, and now today, it's not good. And the companies that are bringing us down today are the companies that should bring us down today. The big tech companies that have had big run-ups in 2020. I can't believe the year 2020 
this awesome year that sounds like an optometrist dream come true. It's all about clarity. It's all about vision. And it turned into the year of COVID. Like, oh man, that's not fair. So taking a look at the markets, uh, NASDAQ down 193, Dow down 174, the S&P 500 down 30, the Russell 2000 down eight. We're going to have a bad end of the month, it feels like, uh, with ultimately a bad week, taking away most of the gains for the month of October. And in the case of the Dow, pushing the Dow to negative territory for the month. Um, don't want to beat it up that one too much, but it's not the worst thing in the world, if I could be honest with you. But it certainly doesn't feel dreamy either. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Coming up, I'll break down some of those numbers. We'll get into other stories and ideas of the day, maybe a little strategy as well. If you have a question, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. There's a YouTube channel that I find just as intriguing to watch as SAMTV that does Taylor Swift with auto-tune versus Taylor Swift without auto-tune. And basically, this guy is a musician, and he, he, he kind of tests during his show who really benefits from auto-tune and who can carry a tune on their own. She scored very well. Uh, but the guy from Maroon 5 is pretty awful without computers on his voice. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I know I probably pissed someone off there, and that's okay. So what I'm telling you there is YouTube is entertainment and I probably saw a commercial before I saw that video. That's the price you pay if you want to be cheap, like me. You have to sit through the commercials. So employment costs are steady today. This is some financial data that I tend not to get into. It's it's very granular. It's very economist-oriented. It's important that I study this stuff. I don't think it's important that we talk about it on the air too much. But there was one component today in the data that I wanted to throw out, the employee employment cost index uh, increased one half of 1%. Compensation costs for civilian workers in the US increased 2.4% for the 12 month period ending in September, 2020 versus 2.8% in 2019. Wages and salaries increased two and a half percent versus 2.9% last year. Benefit costs increased 2.3% versus 2.3% the year before. Which I'm throwing down on those numbers are sometimes the employer gets hit with extra costs to keep people employed. And sometimes the employer passes those extra costs on to the employee. But the whole idea is we want that type of inflation to be about game neutral with wage inflation. Somewhere in there, it's not perfect, but um, again, it goes to show you that two to 4% inflation seems to be like the magic number. It's pretty consistently cost go up two to 4%, it feels like in our life every year. And that data shows to the T exactly that thought. So 
let's talk about other things out there today. Um, a lot of talk about a V-shaped recovery. And I don't think we're in a V-shaped recovery in any way, shape, or form. Um, the election, the disturbing coronavirus case counts, or the trends maybe, uh, have kind of left the market saying, we'll, we'll wait and see on this one a little bit. What's interesting is we're not really going higher. We definitely hit a double top, it feels like. Now, the question is, how how low can we drift? Take a look at the market action today. It's not a good day to start. Uh, it's not a good end of the day. It's not a good start to the end of the week. How's that for tying yourself in a tongue twister all around? Um, Starbucks came out with earnings today, and I've seen some notes. I haven't heard the call. But a couple things that I noticed was Starbucks gives us pretty smart read on the economy. Tell me if you agree or disagree. Recovery has been faster than expected. Consumer traffic is shifting out of central business districts into suburban locations. So my TV station's in a big central business area and the museums are in a big central business area. And you can see that what they've done with them now is as they've remained open, they've become more of a carryout destination. Suburban locations have drive-throughs, so it's very helpful. The repositioning of the stores and the central business to that more of a pickup format's working. Over 60% of stores are open for limited seating and customers are coming back. China business is getting back to normal. I think what I like about that one is China business is getting back to normal. I kind of get that big cities are downshifting the restaurant world into a carryout world. I kind of get more of us are living in the suburbs than ever before. We're not going to work. If we are, we're going to work in the suburbs. So recovery has been faster than expected, which tells me for some parts of the economy, it might be V-shaped. Ooh, there goes some crazy thoughts, right? Elsewhere in the world of social media, um, we're in the waning days of the election. What do we have, like five days? Crazy, right? It all comes down to this. So the big spenders on Facebook, it was interesting to go through some of the call notes. One of them was a group called the American First Action, which is a super PAC whose chairwoman is Trump former administration official Linda McMahon. She's famous for being the wife of the McMahon who does World Wrestling Federation, who had to change it from World Wrestling Federation to Worldwide Wrestling Entertainment because there already was a WWF, so he had to change his company to WWE. The WWF that he was was the World Wildlife. Oh, man, that gets messy, right? The group America First Action has spent over $640,000 on Facebook ads. It's also poured substantial resources into buying ads from Alphabet's Google, with much of the money on both platforms dedicated to promoting articles on a website called American Herald. The Herald's homepage is laid out like a typical news site featuring dispatches from across the country, including Trump does right by Florida families. 
And that's where you start getting into, wait, wait, am I being hustled here a little bit? Um, what is news? And I still think that whoever loses the election, that party is going to blame financial, uh, not financial media, but uh, social media sites. I think we could be in for four years of hearings on Mr. Zuckerberg, Mr. Pinshaw. Like, I, I don't miss the Dorsey. How dare you rip off the American people? So I think that's coming along. Um, what else do I need to finish off with? The Starbucks earnings, let's do that a little bit more because I just gave you the trends that were coming out of Starbucks, but they topped analyst expectations. The revenue estimates, um, they beat earnings, bottom line. Revenue, top line. Chain reported that its two largest markets, U.S. and China, are rebounding from the pandemic more quickly than expected. Starbucks also released an outlook for 2021, predicting stronger growth than analysts had forecasts. Starbucks opened up 480 new cafes. It anticipates 1,100 new stores next year. When you open a new store, you have to get furniture for it and cash registers and ovens, and it's going to cost them about $1.9 billion. They expect global same-store sales to grow 18 to 23% next year. Wow. They're predicting a, a, a strong game. Up next, maybe we'll talk about Netflix, Mandalorian, and price hikes. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Apple has $191 billion in cash. It's down 7% from a year ago. Hmm. Let's talk about cash on a balance sheet. First and foremost, they're not going to get a lot of interest with that, a lot like you aren't. So if you were to have $191 million, $191 billion in cash, and you were to call the bank and say, what, what sort of rate can I get on this? It's not much. Um, something like that. Again, staggering number. Play a game today. It's funny because I was going to say, like, hey, if you're at lunch today with your buddy, just say, Apple's got $191 billion. Let's write that down on a napkin and see how much that looks like. It's crazy. So Apple regularly has one of the largest cash piles amongst U.S. companies. Google and Amazon had $121 billion, and Amazon has $71 billion at the end of the second quarter. Microsoft has 137 billion. Eh, let's call it 138 billion. <laughs> Nuts, isn't it? Uh, Apple's continue to invest in Apple TV. Um, so that's where a lot of their money's going at this point in time. They're investing a lot of their cash in Fitness Plus, which will offer fitness classes on iPhones, iPads, and the Apple TV to Apple Watch owners. Fitness Plus is set to launch by the end of this year. Here's a good question for you. Do you need Fitness Plus? Is Do you want to keep Apple's ecosystem so tight in your life? And mine's tight. Um, I have, and this is, it's almost disappointing to be quite honest with you, because 
back in the day, I had iTunes. And that's part of the ecosystem, right? It works with my phone. It works with my TV because I have the Apple TV hardware. Um, works beautifully with it. So when I would buy a video, when the new TV show, not the new TV show, well, I could say like the old, I once bought, a, bought an episode of Battlestar Galactica. I enjoyed that sci-fi show 20 years ago. Um, and at one point in time, I missed a show, got on iTunes, grabbed it, buck 99. I still have it. It's still in my ecosystem. If I ever want to watch one episode that's totally out of context and a TV show that probably had 90 episodes, uh, I got it. <laughs> I got all the Star Wars movies. I got all the Harry Potter movies. Things that I thought would be watched again and again and again in a household of children. Um, but that's kind of shifted now. Because now you have things like Netflix where you can watch it again and again and again. Or Apple TV where you can watch it again and again and again. But Apple TV is not as flush as Netflix is. And Netflix raising their prices, Wall Street dug it. And guess what Netflix is going to do in the future again? Raise their prices. We're going to get to an area where all these little services that we need to have are more expensive than the cable TV package. If we're not there already. Because you have to have Netflix, I feel. And you have to have something like YouTube TV or Hulu so you can get some live television, CNN, CNBC kind of stuff going there. It starts to add up. So a little bit more about their cash. Apple's had a real busy product launch season with the release of the iPhone 12, iPhone 12 Pro, the new iPad Air, the iPhone 12 mini, the iPhone 12 Pro Max they're going to launch in the middle of November. The $99 HomePod mini speaker. So in theory, they just went through a, a cycle of spending a lot of money marketing, promoting, manufacturing, and distributing will now be the cash flow generator for them. It wasn't a great quarter. China was not great. I own shares of Apple. Legal disclosure. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Since the pandemic has had seen a spike to high levels again, I think it's fair to say our kids probably won't be going back to school this year. Um, unless there's a vaccine today. I mean, we're getting to the point of we need it that kind of fast so we could manufacture it, distribute it. But I'm not here to talk about that. What I'm here to talk about is if you believe we're going to be mostly kind of sort of locked up through the first half of 2021, what are you going to invest in? I think you can do more of the same that has already worked because we'll probably do more of the same for the next six months, if that's your thesis, okay? One area that I think a lot of people's habits changed around was restaurants. So companies that have good drive throughs are something that is very interesting to me. Um, I'm not doing anything on this yet, but here are the restaurant names that I think look the most interesting to me in the next six months. Wendy's and McDonald's, Restaurant Brands International, uh, Restaurant Brands International, QSR. Wendy's is W-E-N, McDonald's is MCD, Domino's is DPZ, Yum Brands, ticker symbol Y-U-M, isn't it funny? You have a name like Yum, and you'd think their food is delicious. Um, Kentucky Fried Chicken, delicious to you. Taco Bell, delicious to you. Pizza Hut. Those are the Yum brands. 
So, and Jack in the Box. Those are the companies that, to me, all seem to have the, the right formula for success in the short term. Again, let's compare them as restaurants to your favorite sports bar. Who is seating people outside going into the winter? Uh, not terribly well positioned. Spikes are pushing people further apart again. So if you want to go into a restaurant to sit down and get an order with a waitress, um, you could do it. And it looks like you could do it pretty safely, right? But again, Wall Street's not about being right. It's about comparing and settling on some risk factors that are more appropriate for you. And I say that jack-in-the-box restaurant brands, international, yum brands, Domino's Pizza, McDonald's and Wendy's, I just think they're better positioned. Starbucks, you can throw in there for sure. That the, I don't know, the local sports bar is in trouble. Because the local sports bar needed, you know, people to stay up late and that's not happening. People to get a little sloppy drunk. A lot of money, a lot of money in liquor. So how will you spend the next few months? Will your habits still continue to skew towards that type of restaurant that I described, the quick service restaurant? Uh, you kind of know that if you get in a McDonald's fast food line, if you get in the drive-thru and you're the fifth car, you kind of know, well, that's going to be about 12 minutes maybe. You can know what you're getting, and they're doing everything they can to get you in and get you out faster. Um, let's talk a little bit about day trading. I got a lot of calls this week on people who want to day trade. I tend to think it's not a great idea. But when I say things, sometimes it's not going to ring true to you, and you're going to do it anyway. So. One of the things with trades, one of the things with all things as you approach investing is you got to have some rules in your head. Um, I bought some stocks yesterday and I have some rules in my head about it. Uh, was I buying it for the short term or the long term? Long term. Was there enough of a pullback this week to justify buy now? Things like that should go through your head. But the number one thing you should always try to do is reduce your risk. Minimize your risk. Um, how do you do that? When in doubt, wait it out. Maybe that's your phrase. Patience is important. Um, earlier this week, I said, when you get an idea to buy a stock, wait three days. Um, I did that. So when in doubt, wait it out. Don't focus on the money if you're going to be getting a stock position either as a trade or as an investment. What do I mean by don't focus on the money? Um, as soon as you start thinking about, I just bought 10000 or $20,000 or $30,000, you start splitting hairs in your head. Um, did you buy a good company or did you invest in a good company for a trade? Worry more about the quality of the company, uh, the quality of the business. Would you want to own that business? Because essentially you do when you own stock. Plan is really important when it comes to short-term approaches to investing or long-term approaches to investing. I'm more of a long-term accumulator. But having a plan helps you know what to do in case things get a little bit hairy. 
yesterday when I invested in some stocks, I said to myself, do I need this money in the next five years? And the answer is no. So I feel good about it. Uh, all sorts of investors need to check their ego. Better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Uh, to be a great trader, you have to have a big enough ego in the sense that you have to have confidence in yourself. But when you start spouting out, and I saw this, I had a 25-year-old producer earlier this year who got a little overconfident buying and selling $3 of a stock on Robinhood. And somehow he turns $3 into $3.50, and he thinks he's the, the world's greatest investor of all time because he did it in under a week. Um, yeah, let's see you do that with more sizable money is the thought. It's good that he's getting a little bit of practice. It's bad that he got a little too confident. I don't mind. I think there's a phrase out there. The first dollar you lose is your best in investing. There's some truth to that. Uh, most of the mistakes I made in my career happened in the first three years. Um, just throwing that out there for you. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. One of the Conan O'Brien, he made it onto TV recently. Um, for the first time in a while, I've seen him on my TV. Is, is probably the right way of saying that. What was fascinating about it was he hasn't cut his hair, it looks like. He's known for that weird coiffed thing going on with his hair, the big bouffant, so to speak. And it just looks weird. It's like, okay, okay, you can get back. You can go get a haircut. You can do whatever you need to. I get it. But what he did that was pretty cool is obviously COVID has shut down a lot of local businesses. And he went to one of the venues that is a concert venue, and he set up his show there. Um so he's renting or leasing the space to help a small business stay in business. I give a lot of respect and props in that scenario. And you're saying props. Yeah, just go with me on that one. So today is a day, the end of the week. Essentially, October is over because tomorrow is Halloween, the 31st. So when we come back, we'll be having November. Last two months of the year. Hopefully you've maxed out your 401k by now. Um, I know it's 15% of your salary. I used to, well, when I was making a lot less money earlier in my career, um, I tried to get it out of the way by June or July just so that I could feel like, oh, going into the holidays, I feel like I have a little bit more money in my paycheck because I did. That was just a psychological thing that I was doing. I don't know if that makes any sense to you on why I'm telling you that, other than the fact that um, I think there's some value to knowing your psychological needs. End of the year, you really should get that 401k going because it, you are going to retire at some point. 
is going to happen. You will not get out of that one. And in my opinion, you want to have a situation that you could count on yourself to pay yourself handsomely in retirement. My parents and most of my friends' parents were military families. The military does a lot of things well and a lot of things poorly. Um, just like the police department. Just like, I'm not going to say the fire department because that's a tough one to justify. Um, but I have to imagine there's some things that we don't like. About, oh, here's one on the fire department. I was watching the news this morning and the Philadelphia Fire Union has decided to support Trump. I don't know if firefighter unions need to tell their members how to vote. That's always struck me as like, really? I get it. I get the power of a union. I, I, I understand. I love the idea of like electrical uh, electricians union. You don't want someone wiring your house that doesn't know what they're doing. Um, and you want some standards and practices to like set as norms by the union. So I get that one. I don't get all unions. But the military takes very good care of their um, people in retirement. You work for 20 or 30 years, you get to retire for the rest of your life, and they pay you 60% ultimately of your salary. That's not too shabby. You get health care until the day you die. That's not too shabby. You have to use military health care, which I don't know anymore. <laughs> you know, I was raised on military health care, um, which basically guy comes out of college, co uh, army pays for him to go to college. He has to serve in the army for a period of time to give back that education per se. I felt some of the doctors in hindsight were very rookie, but that's just me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Uh, taking a look at the big stories of the day. It's, again, no stimulus. Nancy Pelosi's asking Steve Mnuchin, hey, where did you go? I'm paraphrasing. But she's still trying to talk this through, and Mitch McConnell's like, that, that old bat, she's talking to no one. <laughs> she doesn't even know it. Like, the Senate's left. Mnuchin's not returning the, the information. And when I say the old bat, I'm trying to be funny. And it's probably not. Um, although Diane Feinstein, I didn't realize she was that old. And you get into the office and you want to, I guess, not leave. Um, Alphabet provided some of the support on the market. Alphabet, Google. Weakness in tech stocks, though, Apple, despite beating on the top and bottom lines. Facebook's down 5%. Amazon's down 4%. Apple's down 5%. A little bit of nitpicking. iPhone estimates um, were missed, and they didn't provide guidance. That is something Wall Street doesn't like. Are you going to earn one penny this year, this quote next 90 days, or are you expecting blowouts? Facebook warned about flat to slightly negative user growth in the United States and Canada. Amazon's report looked pretty strong all around, and yet they're all off 5%. They were all overbought this year. Do you remember uh, me and Patrick O'Hara talking about the crowded trade? I'm not upset with either three of those companies for the year. For the day, you're like, oh, bad company. And you almost want to like spank them a little bit. I know you're saying you're a naughty man, Mr. Black. Something like that. Um, 
this was kind of an interesting story yesterday talking about getting the flu shot. And I'm getting my flu shot today. Um, finally have the courage to go into my medical senator. Um, they were talking about the flu shot. If you get it, it'll give you some antibodies that may help you against COVID because it's strengthening your immune system for the next couple of weeks. That's that's kind of interestingly like, scientifically odd. McDonald's McRib to return nationally in 2020, sparking celebration across America. This is not Biden's win. This is not Trump's win. This is the McRib win for you. God bless America. For the first time since 2012, the McRib will roll out nationally. It follows years of fans begging McDonald's to bring the sandwich back across America. And it's here, baby. You can find me online at robblackshow.com.